0: You're listening to YAP, Young Adventist Perspectives, a monthly program that offers a variety of viewpoints based on the experiences of young adult Seventh-day Adventists. In each episode, we bring you fresh ideas and open discussion about life, faith, and navigating the world we live in. Come YAP with us.
1: Hello, my name is Ryan. This is our first installment of Young Adventist Perspectives, or YAP as we like to call it. And here I'm, I'm with a few members of... Uh, the Foxborough SDA church. And um, we're just here to kind of chat about um, kind of this first topic, which is ways that the pandemic has affected each of our lives in very, um, some profound ways, some very personal, um, professional, and actually across the board in, in a variety of ways. Um, so I'm gonna ask that each of the people that are here with me, uh, just give, give your name, um, your profession and where you call home. Uh, Eddie, how about you? you Sure, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) My name's Eddie. Um, I am a a nurse, and I live in Cumberland, Rhode Island.
2: My name is Kristen. I am a visual slash user interface designer. Um, I was in Nebraska for the last 10 years, but recently moved back to Massachusetts.
3: All right. um, I'm Monica, and um, I'm a teacher and I've lived in Taunton, Massachusetts my whole life.
1: Awesome, thank you so much. And I just realized, that, you know, my, i forgot tried to introduce myself as well. So obviously like I'm Ryan and uh, I am a grad student. I study neuroscience and um keeps me busy. It's a good time, uh, but I, um, I live in Providence and I'm kind of probably the newest member of this uh, the Foxborough community. Um, new to this area of the country as well. So, um, yeah, so it's it's definitely been a fun time. Uh, the first question for each of you is, uh, I, I know that the, uh, we all know that the pandemic has been like a really, a really, really difficult time that um, each of us have, have had to face and, and face new challenges and, and there's ways of our lives that have um, inevitably changed. And so the, the question is the very first question is, how has the pandemic influenced your professional life?
2: So for me, it came at a really interesting time um, because I had just quit my job and moved across the country from Nebraska back home uh, and was just kind of doing some freelance stuff while I looked for a job. So I had two different job opportunities that I was kind of debating, going back and forth. And then um, about a couple days after my final interviews for them, everything shut down. So I had two job opportunities and then I had zero job opportunities. (laughs) Both of them kind of came back and said, hey, you know, we like you a lot, but we don't know what's gonna happen with the economy, so we can't hire you right now. But maybe in the future, something else will happen. So I, you know, I ended up being lucky enough where I only had to wait maybe like four or five months. And then one of them reached out again when they could hire someone. But yeah, it was, it was really scary to go from, you know, the high of, yeah, this has been an awesome decision for me to come all the way out here. I have two really interesting jobs. I just need to pick which one I want to do to have it like all basically just like taken over in away for me overnight.
1: Gosh, yeah, that, oh man, <laughs> talk about what, what, a, what a step um, and change of expectations. Uh, I, I imagine that that was, uh, had, had a like, huge impact in many aspects of your life.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've always, um, felt a lot of connection through work with people. Um, I care a lot about, you know, what I do kind of helps bring a little bit of like meaning to my life. feeling that I'm impacting a company through whatever I'm doing. And so it was, it was very scary to have, you know, everything that I kind of based my life around was just gone.
1: And how is like, how, how does um, working remotely, like how, how does that, is, is that a, a very feasible option um, and the ability to freelance how how does that how is that in your field?
2: You know, it's freelance in the field of design is actually pretty popular. There are, are a lot of people out there that do it. Um, I have had a few clients that I've worked with for years. Some of them have been previous employers that once I left that position, I still kind of kept in touch and and kept doing a little bit of work for them. So. So in that way, you know, working from home has been really easy for me because I already had a little bit of a background um, of communication and, and kind of that flexibility to, to kind of help me take the step to a fully remote position.
1: Sure. So, yeah, that's, that's a great example of, you know, it sounds like you've been fairly, you've had the ability to be very flexible. um, And even though like. like that was a huge, uh, huge upset and change in your expectations, Um, but you were able to be flexible because of partly, you know, your work and um, your field. Uh, But what about like, I I know um, Eddie and Monica, like both of your fields are, um, you know, quite a bit different. And both of you are uh, kind of frontline workers, right? Your job is all about uh, working with other like you you need to go into work um, and obviously I think you both I believe correct me if I'm wrong but you both started with jobs um, the pandemic yep. correct yep. yeah um, so t- yeah you, tell me a little bit more about like your experiences
0: uh, well okay for for me uh, so kind of the opposite experience of Kristen there was uh, plenty of work to be had <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it was so in nursing has been a difficult field because we've already we've already had such a shortage of uh, resources and staff, and it was already kind of a frustrating um, situation to be in. And then COVID hits, and it just kind of makes it ten times worse. Um, so it was mentally, physically exhausting. Um, yeah, just not having enough staff and then just seeing, you know, the pandemic hit the way it did and, and the cases soar. Um, you know, I'm I'm usually, you know, an optimistic. I would think I think people would consider me an optimistic person, but this, this like, kind of just over time it kind of gave me a bad attitude. I uh, you know, it just it, it was just frustrating. You'd be just frustrated at the establishment and and um, and then of course, um, you know, seeing patients die. I had a coworker. Uh, it was actually my nursing supervisor. Um, I didn't even know she was sick. Um, I found out that she died, and I had didn't even know she had been sick um, at that point. From, and, from um, COVID specifically, or from COVID? from COVID, yeah. Exactly. And I remember she had a bunch of health um, concerns, health issues, um, but she. And she was trying so hard not to get it. She was like very strict about, you know, when, you know, about, you know, wearing her PPE and, and staying distance from everyone. She was very strict and she ended up getting it and she died. And it was just very sad. Um, and then seeing patients die, um, I got COVID myself. Um, fortunately, it wasn't um, too bad. Uh, but But yeah, there's getting, getting COVID. Um, and then the other frustrating part about it is uh, hearing people downplay uh, the whole pandemic and and saying that, you know, it's, you know, not that, that not that big of a deal. You know, people die from the flu all the time. And, you know, it's not really not, not really not that bad anyway, for the percentage of people that are dying. But I've worked in the hospitals and, and I know other hospitals are seeing the same thing. It's we're completely overwhelmed. So it's like, that's, you know, you're downplaying that, but the hospitals are overwhelmed, and we're not able to provide adequate care. And I'm sure people are dying that didn't need to die. Yeah. Um, So it's it's um, it's just yeah, it's, it's very exhausting. I ended up um, changing my uh, applying for a new job. It took me three months because they held me because the need was um, so high. But I ended up um, getting a, a new job um, and. I feel Like, I'm in a, a happier place now, and the pandemic is easing up. Hopefully, it keeps going in that direction. So, you mentioned you specifically mentioned like you, you kind of had some uh
1: some attitude changes, you know, kind of <laughs> you've kind of had to feel had to juggle. Can you give us some more
0: like I don't know examples of like what do you mean by that? Yeah, just like being more like I'm usually when I go into work, you know, I'm just you know, you know, things happen, you know, I don't usually chime in or you know I just try to keep positive and um you know I find myself you know find myself complaining about things and getting frustrated and and when things are just crazy bad and and I feel like something unfair is happening like I would speak out way more than I would but kind of like I kind of raised my voice to uh one of the shift supervisors and that's completely uncharacteristic of me and it just kind of Yeah, it just brought me to a a place I didn't want to be. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, And I can not imagine the amount of stress and, like, uh, stress you face, like, at your work is is very different from, like, say, the type of stress that I face. Like, I I have, like, project deadlines, but working with people and taking care of people and holding um, their well-being in your hands, Mm. like, all the time, like, when you're there, you're on. In a way that, like, I can't completely understand. Um, and Monica, I imagine for you as a teacher, like, uh, gosh, I, mean, <laughs> I imagine it's very similar. Um, obviously, a different field, but uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about your experience?
3: Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, being a teacher, you never really expect that they were just gonna, you know, close the school buildings. I never imagined myself teaching online. Um, right when it happened, you know, we had no choice but to be online. So we finished out, you know, March thirteenth. we shut down, and we never went back, you know, the whole year, we, the whole end of the year, we spent um, fully online. So, you know, and working with the special needs population, it's like, it it was really difficult, because, you know, you're trying to, the whole point of what we were doing was trying to make connections with students, but you know, students that have never worked online that are only in third and fourth grade. That is a difficult thing to do, um, but we made it work. Mm. Um, you know, we were nervous going into this school year because we thought for sure we weren't going to go back because, you know, things seem to still be not as good, but we ended up in a hybrid model, um, which thankfully I work in a district that has taken it seriously and has put in, you know, a lot of precautions. But it's still nerve-wracking. Um, we're working with a lot of students because, you know, I ha- I'm in the sub separate room with eight kids. But then, you know, I have to go to classrooms that are filled with other kids, and so you know, the risk of exposure goes up with every single classroom you go into. But um, it just kind of, I, I, I. Uh, sympathize with Eddie about like the whole attitude change because you know going into being a teacher I had this attitude of being you know trying to be selfless trying to do whatever's best for the student like no matter what whether that meant I had to do I had to sacrifice stuff for myself you know I always try to do what's best for them even though if I'm exhausted or whatever but this year I find myself being like more reserved. I, you know, I'm trying to maintain my distance, but it's hard to work with students when you're six feet away from them. You know, you want to be there helping them, encouraging them, but you also don't want to be right next to them and, you know, risking them, risking you, risking their families and, you know, my family. So it's hard to know that you're not being your best, but also know that, you're trying your best
1: um you might yeah go ahead okay i just want to jump in here like is um is like the most and i don't know if you can actually separate these things but like the most frustrating thing about it the thing that that taxes like your uh your ability to stay positive is it is it more like you know obviously there's lots of concerns for you know your own health and safety um or is it also like or is it, is it more that or is it that, um, you know, you feel like maybe your ability to do your job is limited or is it that um, you're worried that, you know, the, uh, the impact on the people you work with and the people that you care about is being compromised or like, I don't know, can you give me some kind of sense for like, what is the thing that the one thing that really like, I don't know, is the nail in the coffin, the thing that really makes it tough
3: yeah, um, so I, the thing that really makes it tough for me is uh, the thought of me being the reason that someone gets sick, you know, especially like, you know, my mom is high risk so, and we live in the same house. So for me, like that would be my worst nightmare. Like I, I came home and I gave this to her, you know, obviously I try really hard to be careful. You know, I double mask, I keep my distance when I can. You know, as long as I'm not compromising my job, but at the same time, it's hard for me because I always take pride in what I do, and like you want to work to the best that you can. So it's kind of like a, you know, (laughs) teetering back and forth between.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So you're there doing your job. What's best? Yeah, trying to do your job to the very best of your ability, take pride in your work, and you know, stay sane. In a really complicated and tricky situation and then you also have a huge weight of the realization that you could come home come home and bring whatever you got at work to your family and that that could harm them (laughs) and god forbid even take them away from you Uh, yeah that's gosh that's a huge weight wow yeah and so, you know, I think each of, each of you have kind of shared a little bit about, you know, your professional life. Um, and this kind of verges uh, into kind of the next level, which is your, your families. Um, each of these things, like your, the, the changes and the adjustments that like each of us have had to make at work. Um, you know, I, I can say for myself, like the changes I've had to make for work have probably, I've probably had the easiest go of, I think, all of us here that are talking right now, um, just because most of my work, I work at a computer and I can do it remotely. I don't love remote work, but I, I can. And I'm, my job isn't compromised and my family isn't compromised. And for that I'm super fortunate. Um, but a lot of people have not had that ability. Um, uh, but like, so families, like how has, how has the pandemic and the changes that you've had to make, um, the ways that we've had to adjust and grow, how has it affected your families?
0: Uh, Well, I know that uh, uh, for my family, uh, my wife, Rosie, was laid off uh, towards the beginning. And uh, so that was kind of shocking. And it's like, wow, what are we going to do on only one income? Um, But fortunately, you know, the government was able to, um, you know, provide in that sense and and ultimately God. Um, But uh, yeah, so it actually ended up being in a way, because uh, we have a young son at home, and for that, you know, for that whole year, you, um, you know, Rosie was able to be with Isaac and, and help uh, raise him uh, every day. So, and didn't have to put him in daycare. It has been isolating, though. Um, I like to to be with people. I like to, um, you know, especially our uh, our group at church, our, our friends, and I uh, like to be with all of you guys. Um, so it it stinks not being able to uh, but uh, make it through
1: (laughs) so we we have like obviously like there's there's the health concerns that the pandemic poses to our families our loved ones or friends Um, there's logistic changes like shifts in um, family income um, who's taking care of kids each other when each other gets sick Um, what else is there any other like impacts that uh, many of you have observed on your family. And it's going to be good or bad.
2: I think I think for me, um, you know, I was I was lucky enough to uh, be able to be living with my parents when it all started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not having a job right away wasn't great for me, but I also was in a good spot where I didn't have the stress of, you know, a lot of monthly bills, high ones, you know, especially if you're in Massachusetts. Um and you know, obviously that a lot of negative things come in your personal life from the pandemic. But one of the positive ones that I had was just being able to spend more time um, kind of bond and get to know my parents on an even you know deeper level. When I left home, it was right after high school. Um, and you know, I hadn't really spent a significant amount of time aside from, you know, a week here, or there, once or twice a year uh, for for a decade. So I really, you know, in in uh, most of my professional post post school life, I hadn't really spent that much time with them. So it was it was uh, you know really fun to to be able to kind of um, all be stuck together, find find new things that we could do together um, that you know were in a safe way, so so I think we did a lot of puzzles, which might not be fun for some people, but um, I we all really enjoyed doing them, um, um, or you know just having our own little mini game nights, or even you know getting into a new TV series, uh, but really just you know finding ways to to bond more. Um, I really appreciated that.
0: I wish I could have been stuck in the Voller household too. <laughs> So it sounds like in some ways,
1: like, uh, you know, the pandemic is in many ways taken away our ability to do a lot of stuff outside the home. So it's forced us to be, uh, inside the home more. And for some of us, that means more family time. It sounds, uh, that's definitely a positive thing, more family time. Yeah. Anything else, any other like impacts on family?
3: I think kind of the same thing as, you know, what, Kristen and Eddie were saying you know there's some positive that came out of it I mentioned before that we live in the same house as my parents so we live in like a separate apartment upstairs they live downstairs with my brother and then over our garage is another apartment and my cousins live there so right when everything happened we kind of all decided you know we're going to take this as serious as we can we're all home we're going to be safe and then um you know, we'll spend time with each other, so that kind of became a regular thing. And like in the normal hustle and bustle, we didn't really get to spend as much time together. But it was nice because you know we do movie nights, and you know some when we could order takeout, we would order takeout and just kind of enjoy each other and find new things to bond over. And we became really close um, as a result of that. So I kind I value that time that we got because it strengthened our relationships with each other and thankfully it didn't make everyone you know kind of go at it like some people were saying that you know being cooped up with the same people yeah. can get you know it can get frustrating because <laughs> you only see them <laughs> there's no escape but um thankfully that wasn't our experience it kind of hmm. brought us together so I'm thankful in that sense
1: yeah I have noticed that uh with you know Family, friends, and neighbors. I've I've had quite a few discussions now where there's also a lot of different perspectives on what uh, what the word safe means. Um, and I don't know if any of you have experienced this or had kind of run into speed bumps, if you will, in this area. But um, you know, I, I know plenty of friends who their 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 friendship groups are kind of uh, fracturing right now because there's different different amounts of you know, what, what people think of as acceptable risk um, in their friend group. And then, you know, what does it mean if someone doesn't value or, or there's a perception that, you know, someone doesn't want to see me because it's not safe, but that means they don't value the friendship as much as I value the friendship, right? Or that's kind of this approach that I've, I've you know, I've heard this and I've encountered this and experienced it. And in some of my like friendships, um, it's kind of driven a wedge or it's um, attempted to drive a wedge um, hopefully unsuccessfully but uh, is that anything else that any of you have experienced or has have you found like you know synchrony and um unity like with uh, your friends and family
2: i think i think for me um you know again like y- having it all happen just shortly after moving back i almost i hadn't had time to develop uh like super deep <coughs> friendships with people back here anymore Um, so kind of the fact that it forced basically everybody (laughs) to be at home and then the same boat of kind of, we need to do something like we want to talk to people, you know, we're, we're a little bit bored right now or, um, stuff like that. It, it helped um, with a little bit of bonding in the way of everybody came together a little bit to say, Hey, I found this game online that we can all, play together uh or you know let's let's set aside a couple days a month where we can all jump on zoom or facetime or you know whatever platform we want to use to all chat with each other um and so in that in that way it uh it actually (laughs) in a really selfish way worked out worked out better for me
1: so yeah so it sounds like because you know you're Imagine you, like, a lot of your friends are back in Nebraska, right? And yes. probably forced uh, more communication for you in some sort of ways. Is that, is that fair?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. Any other thoughts on that? Or um, things have been pretty smooth sailing in regards to like expectations for safety and how to handle that?
3: I think it's definitely been a little bit of a struggle to, you know, find people that are, do <laughs> you take it as serious as I do? I try to, like, be as open and, like, kind of hint to people, like, oh, especially my friends, if I'm talking to them, like, oh, yeah, you know, wear my mask, and, you know, I don't really go here or there, I just kind of, you know, and just to kind of gauge to see, like, where they're at, because, you know, my relationships with them are obviously important, but I think what's also I think I kind of got to a place where my health is also important and my family is important too. And um, being an advocate for yourself, I think is what I got out of this. And it's not necessarily that, you know, it's not them that I don't want to be around. It's, I think that, you know, if everyone has the right to make their own assessment of what their risk level is, and mm -hmm. you know, what they're comfortable with, it's just a matter of, what you're comfortable with so I think it's definitely been hard because I I have friends that you know maybe aren't as strict as I am and are a bit more lax and you know they have the right to be that way but I think we just kind of more communicate you know over our phones and stuff and that's fine
1: you find that you have to be more like uh explicit with like your expectations with them and you know kind of uh really spell out what exactly uh what you expect and um maybe uh glean information about what they expect as well
3: yeah for sure for sure i try to like (laughs) toss it in there without being like without being direct you know you don't want to make people feel bad but
1: (laughs) yeah i have like i have some friends um you know that i've chatted with and I, i know that uh some of their friend groups have kind of, um, you know, as I said, kind of fractured because like the the expectations weren't totally clear and, you know, one group was really afraid that, you know, they were feeding the pandemic, if you will, and and just propagating it and the other group didn't see it as, you know, a big deal and in fact saw it more as a matter of like mental and emotional health to stay connected with people. Um, you know, which, you know, I understand too. Uh, and I realize that's a really tricky thing. Uh, obviously, I think we could all use more communication in that area. So hopefully, hopefully we yeah. find ways to do that. Um, so Kind of the last, last main uh, uh, topic that we want to talk about is like your personal and spiritual lives. Like, um, you know, obviously our professional life lives and our, you know, our families and our friends really matter and affect us. But how has the pandemic affected your spiritual, your spiritual life? I can speak for myself. Like I know at the, uh, just being completely honest, like I'm, uh, certain aspects of a religion have always been hard for me. Um, and specifically like the role of tradition. Um, I know the start of the pandemic took away a lot of those traditions, like to take going to church and, um, or being involved in this community of maybe people who are raised more similarly to myself. In terms of values and um and things like that i mean because those things were taken away it kind of forced me to re-examine some things and um uh, you know i can also say like as uh you know just given my field it's really it's really hard to find people who actually um believe that there's a god and um really want to have that conversation so generally speaking i avoid it um and i'm the type of person that i'm skeptical of a lot of things and you know i I was raised to and and most days I, most days I consider myself a strong believer and there's other days when I really question, I really question it. Um, with when the, the pandemic kind of hit, like things changed a lot and I was at home and I was thinking a lot more. And, um, and I think a lot of ways it's been a good thing. It's kind of forced me to uh, um, think about the things that I value, not because I'm around whoever it is I'm around not because I have a tradition of going to some place on Saturday in a building or having a certain type of conversation or singing a certain type of song, but thinking about it. So it's forced that out of me. I'd say that's been, um, you know, both a blessing and a difficulty at times.
3: Yeah, I kind of relate to that. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, I found myself um, finding more time to spend with God and I you know I got myself a little Bible study journal and I was you know really reading the word and you know was putting time and effort into it and then you know we had to return to work and then you get back into this cycle of oh I'll I'll do it when I get home oh I'll I'll do it right before I go to bed oh I forgot to do it today um, i I'll, I'll do it tomorrow you know what I mean like you I find myself putting God aside and then you know comes the weekend I'm like oh this whole week I've been you know putting it off and then before you know it, it's like two weeks three weeks and then time just gets away from you so I think lately I've been struggling to find time to be with God but then also finding my, my faith um I think I just let the anxiety of everything going on just kind of take over sometimes and then I find myself not stopping and just remembering like I can't control it <laughs> I can't control what's happening I need to you know put it in God's hands and just trust that whatever's happening is going to happen and I don't have a control in what is going on but um, it's been a struggle and then you know kind of going back and forth with the well why is this happening and then you have people talking about all kinds of crazy conspiracy things and it's like you know people talking about the world is ending and it's like well is this the world ending is this like end times is this you know like there's so many things that go in your mind and it's like to keep it all straight it's just like it's been a struggle I will definitely be honest
0: yeah you know I think going off that idea of um you know, the idea of the end times and, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's a big part of uh, Adventism is thinking about the end times and preparing. And, and I know that when this first hit, a lot of people and, and myself included are wondering, wow, is this, you know, things are really happening right now as the pandemic started progressing and, and, and the, the extent of it became uh, more clear uh, yeah, got me questioning is, could this be the end? And then, but then, like, I just feel like, you know, life continued on and, and it just feels like, you know, it's easy to, to forget that, um, to forget that idea and to, um, lose our, our sense of urgency of, um, kind of, um, being ready, uh, I guess for, for, um, for God to, you know, to see God when, whenever that is, you know, whether it be soon or, or you know, 10, 20, hundred years from now. Um, so I feel like my, for myself, I've, I felt like I've gotten distance, not, not going to church. Um, you know, I, I relate to what you're saying, Ryan, about the, the traditions. And sometimes it just kind of I don't know if maybe you feel this way too, but like sometimes it can just get stale. And um, so, but there's also a sense of, of that community. And, and I feel like I've been missing that community and I feel like yeah. the, being part of the community really energizes me. Yeah, sure. um, and then, so being more detached from that, I just, I don't know, maybe I've become more lax or, or just um, less energized uh, and, and, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Um,
0: I really do miss everyone.
1: And this having normal conversations, the very fact that, you know, even this conversation has to be over Zoom.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of irks me sometimes. But you know <laughs> yeah. this is our world now and we've got to yeah. find some way of connecting with each other and sharing what's on our minds, whatever that might be. Yeah. Any other last thoughts on that?
2: Um I guess I guess I didn't share my perspective on it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think for me, the the easiest way to describe kind of where I'm at in my spiritual journey right now is is um, it's just kind of there. <laughs> uh, you know, even even before the pandemic hit, I I was was slash am. Kind of like in a phase where I was questioning a lot of you know the beliefs that I just grew up accepting without really thinking about um and and trying to study more and and figure out really this is what I believe and I know why I believe that now um and then the pandemic kind of hit and it all became so overwhelming. There was so much information going around so many questions and so much uncertainty and that I just let that feeling kind of also seep into my own studies of what I was doing. So it just became trying to figure out what I believe trying to figure out what's going on in the world all of it was just like too much (laughs) and and unfortunately like a lot of my focus changed from I'm just so tired of trying to think through everything. So I'm just gonna put on this episode of The Office for like the 30th time because I can just have it playing and now I don't need to think about anything and feel that anxiety or stress that comes along with it. Um, And for me, it's like a really dangerous spot to be in because I kind of just get comfortable in that spot of, you know what, it's fine. I'm just not gonna think about it right now. And that's how I'm just like gonna get through the day. And as long as I don't think about it, I'm not gonna feel that stress about it.
1: I know that it's really easy for us to feel stuck. And I know for me, for, for a variety of reasons, um, whether it's feeling stuck at home, or I, I know a lot of people who feel like they've been stuck in their anxiety, uh, finding ways to deal with that. Um, there's no really good solution hopefully we find ways of talking about it and I don't know, somehow pulling out of it. I once again, I don't know the, the right answer, but um, yeah. oh, it's, I'm, it's good to hear, you know, I, I think a lot of us are feeling um, different things and a lot of the same things. Yeah. So kind of final last question um, for each of you. Uh, what's one thing you're feeling optimistic about? And what's one thing you're feeling
0: pessimistic about? I guess um, pessimis- <laughs> pessimistic-wise, uh, you know, just people um, going back to their bad habits. <laughs> we're, we're so close to, you yeah, know, it, it feels like we're getting closer to this uh, pandemic, you know, to the end, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, as we make progress, you know, I'd hate to see us backtrack and, and, and uh, go back you know high high rates of infections and deaths and yeah. everything but on the other hand uh, while i'm at it <laughs> um, <laughs> i am optimistic uh, i have a uh, little you know it's like we were kind of ta- each of us talking about just getting just being there or, or you know just you know blah you know but god has i feel like god to me has just reached through he, he reaches through and gives me these little reminders that he's with us. And, um, and, you know, a lot of times people say God is in control and then others are like, well, so he's making this happen. But uh, I think that, um, this is happening and uh, God hasn't abandoned us and he wants, he wants us to be stronger, um, yeah. from it and to grow and learn. And, um, I think he wants us to, to seek him with all of our hearts. And, um, so I'm optimistic because God is still speaking to me, um, even when I feel like comfortable or, or complacent, or he still speaks to me. and I'm optimistic about that.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, kind of following along with Eddie of, you know, bad stuff first, but end on a good note. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think pessimistic-wise, I am mostly just worried about the long-term impacts of friends and and family that I know that have been out of work and are still out of work um, without a lot of of hope for the nearest <laughs> nearer future of um you know changing their circumstances uh, you know just just thinking about that worries me a lot because you know it's it's work is work is a big thing <laughs> in someone's life and most people you know. Need that they need um, the job and and the money they get from that job to be able to continue their life in um, you know the positive way that they're going. So I I would say I'm a little pessimistic about the timeline for that to turn around. Um, and then I'm optimistic that if anything good has come from this pandemic, I hope I hope that it's been maybe a little bit of an appreciation for a quieter lifestyle, if that makes sense. Um, So not feeling the need to, you know, have to have a big party or a big gathering with friends to be able to have fun and enjoy life um, with other people. Uh, You know, I've, I've always been an introvert, so I definitely appreciate and enjoy my own personal quiet time um, which of course the pandemic has provided a lot of uh, but in talking you know with my sisters or or my friends who are definitely on the on the opposite side um it's it's nice to see kind of that that they've gained an appreciation for it as well
3: all right and i'll kind of go um after that so i'll start with my uh, pessimistic outlook. Um, You know, I mentioned about some of the anxiety that I have been facing throughout this. Um, I think I'm a little bit pessimistic as to when I will be able to kind of return to like a normal state. Um, I just like look like thinking about the future and like when we don't have to have all these restrictions and regulations and we don't have to wear masks anymore. Um, whenever that is, I think it's going to be difficult for me to return back to normal, like to just be, (laughs) I guess, Mm -hmm. and exist with other people and, you know, go into a crowded space or something. I think it'll be hard. But on the optimistic side, it's going to end at some point. And, you know, whether it be five months from now, whether it be three years from now like at some point we're going to go back to a yeah. different time you know it'll end at some point and I that's something to look forward to whenever it is and I think that holding on to that has kind of kept me going so yeah well
1: um one day <laughs> you know, you know for myself like I when I first when I first moved here um I, I was working in this coffee shop and um you know, I, I need a little bit of extra, <laughs> extra money to like Kelsey and I did, and because I was trying to, you know, pay for school as well. And, um, but I love the the ability to just talk with people and to do things, serve them in some way. Because I'm very introverted, and um, I miss that. I miss being able to just shake someone's hand, give them a hug, talk to them, and it, and it doesn't have to be someone I know very well. It doesn't have to be a close friend. I miss those interactions. Um, I know they will return. I don't know when, uh, but um, you know, hopefully, we all find ways of still connecting and um, looking for hope where we can find it. So, thank you each of you for uh, being willing to share and um, talk about you know things that are close to you, and um, uh, really look forward to our next conversation.
3: Thank you for having us. Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining us on Young Adventist Perspectives. Uh, It's been really good um, hearing a variety of um, stories. We really look forward to hearing new stories and uh, new voices, so please consider joining us next time.